Welcome to Destiny Moments with Angel Murchison. Today on the broadcast, I have Sylvie Sudith from Ram Ministries. So Sylvie, I wanted to ask you a little bit more about your journey with Jesus. Uh, when did it start? And tell me a little bit more about you. I grew up Catholic, as uh, many in France, but attending the uh, catechism and uh, church on Sundays, uh, I, I was very engaged in all of that and uh, very uh, uh, committed to God, very believing in God. And, and uh, that um, was my belief for many, many years until late teenage years. Uh, in during the teenage years, like many teenagers, I challenge and question my education, my beliefs, and the world around me. So that led me to uh, me rejected, rejecting this part of my education as um, I was struggling to, you know, accept that there could be so much suffering in the world, and yet uh, that there would be a God uh, letting that happen. Um, so that was kind of the starting point, I guess. And also, uh, obviously, for me, Christianity equated to Catholicism and vice versa. So uh, I had also um, questioned what I was seeing at church, uh, the priest, the nuns, and other things I knew from church uh, that um, I, I could not accept. So I rejected what I thought was Christi Christianity, Christi Christi Christianism. And um, and uh, that started the search for truth and purpose in life. And that's because I was not happy. I was not a happy teenager. I was not a, a happy young adult. Uh, I had only one ambition in life, and that was to get married and have children. And I was convinced that my dream of becoming a mom and a wife before the age of 20 would be my experience. Uh, that was my dream, my only ambition, my only purpose. The only thing I felt I was able to was to, uh, you know, um, ha be having a family. And, and uh, that uh, early enough, uh, um, Early on, I was able to figure out that that was not going to happen. Uh, by 19, there was no chance, no, no prospects, no um, reason for me to believe that this would happen. And sure enough, by 20, uh, I was not uh, married or even close to being in a relationship. So uh, that was a major disappointment in, in my life. But um, I, I, I was searching. I was searching for answers. I was, uh, that led me to even seek and, and search what could be my purpose on this life. Because uh, beyond marriage and motherhood, I did not feel able or, or had no ambitious to, ambition to do anything else. So, so what do I do now? So uh, ultimately what happened is uh, I uh, ended up in a university town and uh, at, in, this, in this town, the Baptist church had a coffee place um, yeah, a coffee place in the downtown area, thinking that, you know, people would not come to church necessarily with questions, but they would come to a coffee place and maybe have conversations. And, and that's a very French thing to do is have conversations around any topic and, 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 and split hairs and, 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 and 
rehash every topic, every angle. And that's very French. That was definitely uh, me as a French student, you know, that's also something college kids uh, do. So indeed we went there, we, my friend and I, we went to this coffee place. They were organizing every week meetings uh, and discussions around a given theme, any given. And that time was the matter of evolution versus creation. And uh, so we didn't know that there was a Baptist church be behind that, but what it did is it, it introduced us to real Christians uh, well-versed in the Bible and that had a relationship with God. And that started for me uh, the realization that, you know, I had only known the Bible through what the priest said the Bible was saying. And I had never thought for myself what the Bible was saying, for one. And I had never considered that God could be personal and could care about, uh, you know, my personal needs. So uh, from that point on, I saw the Bible, read the Bible, um, received the revelation of God, what Christ did for me, and became, became a Christian. So that was over 33 years ago. And uh, fast forward to many, many years later, where at this point I'm in Paris working for a French investment bank. And um, I had always felt a likeliness with the American culture or mindset, um, I guess I can say. And while working for this bank, I had been uh, going back and forth on uh, various international projects who had me traveling around the world for the bank and specifically for the New York City branch. And after maybe one or two years commuting for them on uh, American projects, they offered me a position in New York City. And that's God's goodness and God's sense of humor uh, when uh, his will is, when he wants his will to be done is that he used heavens, he used the money of Freemason, of, you know, a Freemason stru structure and, and, and uh, to, to bless me, but have his will fulfilled uh, as far as my life goes. And uh, so they offered me a position that I accepted and they took care of my move and blessed me with my move to New York City from Paris for God's plan to be fulfilled in my life. That was March 1st, 2006, 15 years ago soon. And since then, uh, after a few years working for the bank, I met my husband. He was in full-time ministry. We married uh, shortly after meeting. And since uh, marrying him, uh, I became a full-time minister myself. Uh, at this point, I had um, I became a full-time minister myself. This being said, it was a suddenly of God, but God had prepared me all these years for this moment, for this suddenly where I had actually been educating myself, research, researching for myself on deliverance matters, charismatic gifts, charismatic life, um, supernatural healing, of course, because I knew the other side. So for all these years, which was um, a good 15 years of being a Christian, um, actually a good, a good 20, a good 25 years of being a Christian, where I researched, where I was very involved and committed in, in various uh, degrees and levels at, at, at the church. And uh, uh, so when I, married my husband, I was very 
familiar with the matter of deliverance. I was very, um, I believe, knowledgeable on that matter already. But marrying him, I became a full-time minister and become involved full-time in deliverance ministry, more specifically. And we were married eight years. He passed in November of 2020, a few weeks ago, a few months ago, rather. And uh, so now I'm on my own, running uh, RAM ministry, running ISDM, running another of our ministries. And I am mainly involved in training on deliverance, encouraging Christians to know the authority and uh, be used by God to bring freedom to others, to bring healing to others. But also I am ministering to people and uh, I am always excited and happy to be teaching. What about grace? We don't deserve grace. We don't deserve so many of the good, good gifts of God. But in all these instances, we are not so prone to demand justice. When it's, convenience to, when it's convenient to us, suddenly we forget all about what we deserve and what is justice. So that's why it's not fair or this one does not deserve such and such can never be a good enough reason to hold unforgiveness. Matthew chapter 18 verses 23 to 35. I invite you to read this passage. I am not going to read it. It's the passage where we read about this servant begging his master to have patience with him and the debt. And he had a very significant debt. He had a debt that would have taken years, years and years, um, actually beyond his lifetime. So many, so many years to work, of work that he would have to work to pay off the debt. But when he himself, he's being met with another, another of his servants that owes him a debt way less he addresses him saying you wicked servant i f sorry when his fellow servant begs him to uh forgive him the debt he is merciless he he laid his hands on him and took him by the throat saying pay me what you owe The wicked servant owed so much more. He had so much more debt than the one he refused to forgive. These two servants, first of all, it speaks of servants. And second of all, it seems of likeliness in their service. So it speaks of you and me, brothers and sisters. We both owed a huge debt of sin we could not pay. We deserve to go to hell, but Jesus forgave us and he wiped out all our debt. But many of us, of, but many of us like this wicked servant, we won't forgive others. Forgiveness is what Jesus modeled and so must we. It's one of the biggest mistakes we could ever make is thinking that forgiveness is an option. It's not, it's a commandment and it has nothing to do with how you feel about it. It's a commandment. And something else we need to realize is when we hold someone in unforgiveness, we actually put ourselves in prison. 
For one, unforgiveness will never affect the other person as negatively as it will affect you. Chances are, actually, the other person lives in complete ignorance or could not care less of you not forgiving. They have no idea whether you forgive or not. And I mentioned earlier, the other, other person is oftentimes completely unaware that they have offended you in the first place. Unforgiveness would be like drinking poison, hoping it will make the other person sick. What it does is actually slowly eats away at us, just like cancer. And for two, as long as you keep unforgiveness in your heart, you stay bound to that other person. And that's really the last thing you, you want, I believe. And if you could see in the spiritual realm, until you forgive, you would see kind of a chain between you and the, and the person you hold in unforgiveness. Your soul is tied to the other persons because of that emotion, that recurring feeling of unforgiveness, recurring reminiscing of what was done to you. And it's something you do not want, really. If that's someone you don't like or you don't want to remember what they have done to you, you don't want to keep a link with, with them. If I have offended you and you don't forgive me, there is kind of a chain attached to you and to mine. And I can hurt you for the rest of your life anytime my name comes up. Anytime there's something that triggers a memory, it will yank on the chain and trigger the pain again, over and over again. The video plays in your mind and, and here comes up the pain because of the existence of that chain from unforgiveness. But once you decide to forgive, the chain is cut and I can no longer hurt you. Now you have released, released me to God and he can come in and heal you of the pain that was inflicted on you. With unforgiveness as well comes bitterness. So let's see about the physical impact of unforgiveness. Doctors have actually attributed several physical ailments, such as some cancers and some arthritis to unforgiveness or bitterness. And if you know anyone with cancer or arthritis, you would agree they are tormentors. Doctors have also attributed mental illnesses such as depression to severe bitterness or unforgiveness. Unforgiveness will do, will do that. It will first poison your thoughts and then your attitudes and eventually your actions. On the other hand, ongoing forgiveness keeps toxic emotions from building up. And according to the Mayo Clinic, people who forgive are found to have healthier relationships improved mental health, less anxiety, less stress and hostility, lower blood pressure, fewer symptoms of depression, a stronger immune system, improved heart health, improved self-esteem. Mark 11, verse 25 to 26. Whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him that your Father in heaven may also forgive you for your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. Note again here, it doesn't say may not forgive. And anyone, 
anyone that would include yourself a lot of time you can forgive other people but we you can seem to forgive yourself we can seem to forgive ourselves sometimes it's harder harder to forgive ourselves because maybe we have a higher um stand up for ourselves or maybe we, we we feel like we need to achieve more than others but if jesus forgave you what right do you have not to forgive yourself do you do you have higher standards and expectations than he does for you and it may be because you have dragged the pain of failure from your past into the present maybe you feel guilt and shame because of things you have done and in order to, but in order to leave your baggage from the past in the past you have to accept your own forgiveness and move on see that was the mistake rachel did when she was leaving the house of a father to follow jacob she felt like she had to take with her the idols from her father's house she was leaving a season behind her transitioning into a new season and yet she felt like she could carry some baggage from her past into a new season but jesus wants us and invites us to leave the baggage behind leave the idols behind leave what you hold what we hold on to even emotionally the offense the pain from the offense forgive and move on anyone also would include god god is god he's not to be blamed he's he's the one that uh, created the the earth and 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 the heavens is where above is never above us above everything is he, holy he, he should not be blamed but yet the, the reality is we are human we tend to blame god that's the reality it should not be but that's a reality but if you are mad at him or, or blame him or resent him for whatever you need to extend forgiveness not that he needs your forgiveness but you you need to do it for yourself and in the situations i described earlier where you see people for instance thriving in their lives at a time where you struggle you may that this is where a place where a god you may you may need to forgive god because uh, in the back of your mind god is the one to blame why why would he put you through that why why this timing why does it have to be that she's pregnant at the time where I, I am so deeply hurt by the fact that I cannot conceive? Be totally free until you forgive. And me being in deliverance ministry, I could tell you that if you want to give yourself all the chances to, to be set free from the spiritual tormentors, you need to forgive. That's, that's not an option. But the deliverance will not be successful. Not, it's, it's not going to be even halfway successful. It's a hindrance, total hindrance to deliverance ministry. When you forgive, you break any legal right Satan has to keep on tormenting you. Matthew chapter 18, 21 and 22 is when Peter asks Jesus how many times we need to forgive. And Jesus' answer is, I'm not telling you seven times, but up to seven times seven. And what that means is that forgiveness might be continual. It is a lifestyle. It has to be a choice, a decision, and we must choose to forgive. It's about releasing people and the debt they owe you, releasing them to God, taking your hands off the situation and trusting God with the outcome. That's a display of faith when you forgive.
We've had several people tell us that after they forgave someone, within a short period of time or maybe weeks, a person was got saved. Because when you forgive, a miracle takes place. Because when you forgive, you go against your emotional realm, your soulish realm, and you step into the supernatural. You press through and past your emotions and your hurts. And that goes against your fleshly nature. That's why you step into the supernatural and that allows God to open the supernatural in your life. When we submit to God's authority by forgiving, we are given supernatural authority as well and over the enemy for open doors. In conclusion, it's essential to our spiritual growth and well-being that we would forgive all who have wronged us. If we desire to experience intimacy with the Lord and walk in His ways, we must face the issue of forgiveness squarely. Forgiveness will release us from the tormentors and you need to walk in forgiveness so you may experience freedom to love Amen. Forgiveness is a major issue and it's something that it's not just a one-time deal, is it? It's something as we continue on our journey here that we're continually in a state of forgiveness. Um, so thank you. Thank you for that, teaching, Sylvie. I want to just ask you a couple more questions here about your ministry. Um, it's RAM Ministry. Yes. And your website is RAM Ministry dot org. org okay and that's uh r-a-m-m -M, there's two m's r-a-m-m-i-n-i-s-t-r-y dot org yes and your um telephone number in the usa is 866-794-1948 so if anyone wanted to contact you in regards to your ministry they can do that by um, telephone, email, um, and by visiting your webpage. Correct. And the email would be office at ramministry.org. And we have plenty of resources online through our websites, uh, DVDs and um, books as well that uh, present also on this topic of forgiveness, among other things. Okay. We and have over 25 DVDs and four books at this point. And you deal uh, with deliverance, inner healing? Correct. It's, uh, it was my husband. Uh, so the ministry was birthed, was birthed out of uh, my husband's desire to bring uh, revival, restoration, and healing in the body of Christ. It is my heart as well that we... Christians would be found uh, defeating the enemies in our lives. Um, that we would um, also uh, be experiencing the healing and everything else that uh, Jesus acquired at the cross for us in, in terms of healing of emotions, healing of the, in the physical freedom from bondage. And uh, Jesus is the one who promised us in John 10.10, 10, but he, he came to give us life and life abundantly. So uh, our goal through the ministry is really to help, you know, 
people and give them the tools to reach this abundant life that uh, Christ suffered for us to have. Amen. Well, <laughs> I always like to end the broadcast with prayer. Would you take a few minutes and pray for our listeners? Maybe someone um, is struggling with offense. Maybe they're, they need to forgive today. Will you lead them through a prayer? Sure. So I would suggest the listeners would repeat after me as I'm going to lead you in prayer for release and forgiveness. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus in obedience to your word. I choose to forgive everyone that has hurt me in the past, willingly or in ignorance. And I choose, beginning this day, to be a forgiving person. As a child of God, I will forgive and release love to these people. Lord, please bring to my mind every person that I need to forgive. And right now, Holy Spirit, I'm asking you that you would help anyone listening to identify every person that they need to forgive. Show them the person or persons they need to forgive so that they can be set totally free this day. And as he shows you the person you need to forgive, release them to, to God. Some of them you may be arguing with God right now. You are saying you cannot forgive. You are saying you don't know what they did to me. To me. But let me say, yes, you can forgive. Just choose to forgive. And remember, you're not saying that what they did was okay. It was not okay. It was never okay. What they did was wrong. But you still need to forgive them and release them to God. And now, now, Lord, I ask you to come into each and every one of these situations and of these memories and heal the pain as they have stepped in faith to forgive and obey you and trust you where the outcome. I pray that you would heal the pain of everyone that has prayed this prayer, everyone that has uh, been willing to trust you with the outcome. I pray that you would bless them, that peace would be restored in their hearts, that revelation of truth even would be brought in these situations, in these memories, that you would speak your truth, God. And I pray that from now on you would become more real to them, that this would be the uh, beginning of the rest of their lives for a journey of further healing further freedom, further revival in their own lives. I, press, I bless each and every one of the listeners today in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you, Sylvie. And thank you, listeners, for joining me today. Welcome. Tune in again next week for another broadcast of Destiny Moments. God and to others.